my biggest thing is just that we are human beings at the end of the day. And so just to ensure that you're walking with kindness, and that's not just for two-spirit people, that's for every person that you meet, you know, kindness and compassion at the forefront of our Cree teachings. And so just making sure that you're walking in a good way, no matter what space you're entering in. And when we're working with two-spirit people, just recognizing that, you know, we are at the end of the day still human beings mm -hmm. and that our indigeneity is is still there, even if we're mm -hmm. queer or trans, we're still indigenous mm -hmm. enough and we still, we still matter, we're still important. Free to Grow in Forestry, a podcast working to move forestry forward. Canadian Institute of Forestry and the Center for Social Intelligence proudly present the Free to Grow in Forestry podcast. The Free to Grow in Forestry initiative was launched to create a diverse and inclusive workplace culture where all Canadians feel they belong. We believe strongly that inclusive cultures not only strengthen our Canadian forest sector economy, but also create resilient and healthy communities. This podcast seeks out guests from all aspects of the forest sector, from the C-suite to every part of the underrepresented communities to open up the dialogue on issues of concern and points of view so that everyone has greater knowledge and understanding of each other. By unearthing these discussions, we hope to stimulate greater empathy and respect for all people, opening up the forest sector to be more welcoming and accepting of everyone. For our 15th episode, we are pleased to be joined by our host, Kelly Cooper, founder and CEO of the Center for Social Intelligence, and our guest, Cheyenne Mikoku, who is a Two-Spirit queer and currently works as the community liaison for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. Cheyenne introduces what it means to be part of the Two-Spirit community and shares how we can bring unity and equity into the workplace and everyday life. This session was recorded live on September 7th, 2022. Hello everyone, my name is Kelly Cooper and I'm the host of the Free to Grow in Forestry podcast. This podcast provides an opportunity to have candid conversations about issues related to diversity and inclusion, many of which have not been fully explored in the forest sector, allowing us to increase our awareness and understanding about the social dynamics that are in play in our society today. With this increased awareness, we hope to create new openness, patience and appreciation for what other cultures offer and where we can leverage our respective strengths to spur greater innovation. Those of you who know me know I love to learn and especially about other cultures. When I think of indigenous peoples, I think about how their way of being fits so well into the sustainable development paradigm. We have learned some of their teachings about how they treat the environment, like how to be a good steward of the land by considering the impacts on the next seven generations from any form of development. We've also benefited from learning from them about their traditional knowledge regarding plants that have medicinal value, as well as their spiritual connection to nature through prayer, something that Western culture has yet to fully embrace. I fully appreciate what they've taught us on the environment side of sustainable development and realized we have yet to fully understand about the social side. And that is why I'm very excited to be speaking today with Cheyenne, who will be helping us to understand what it means to be two-spirit and how that differs from the LGBTQ group as identified in Western culture. When I was preparing for my conversation here today, I learned about the respect that two-spirit people have within their tribal communities. Traditionally, they were given specific roles with certain responsibilities. 
They were often deemed the ones who had vision for the tribe because they had both a male and female spirit flanking them through life. This provided them the gift of balance and being a guiding force for good and for all. And through learning about two-spirit people, I was really struck by this deep level of respect toward them, kind of like a counterpart to the respect they also show toward the environment. And this is such a glaringly notable difference from how Western culture has treated LGBTQ people, where they have been known to be marginalized, bullied, and harassed. It's quite a contrast. And clearly we have much to learn. Now, I fully recognize things are changing for the better here in Canada on this front. However, we still have a long way to go. So with all of that in mind, I'd like to now welcome Cheyenne into this conversation. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Hello. So Cheyenne, how about we start with you telling us about yourself and introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I usually like to introduce myself in my traditional language, which is Nikia um, Win or the Cree language. I'm not a fluent Cree speaker, um, but I just like to practice where I get the chance. So um, hello, all my relatives. Um, so my name is Shayan um, or my other ceremonial name is uh, Sweetgrass Person. Um, I use they, them pronouns, um, and I am from Emiskwetchewaskagin, uh, or you know, known colonially as Edmonton, uh, in Treaty 6 territory. Um, and I'm the community liaison for a wonderful nonprofit organization in Edmonton uh, called the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. Great. So can you explain for our listeners what the term Two-Spirit means and how it differs from LGBTQ community and how it also differs from Indigenous queer people? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, I think it's very first important to recognize that the term Two-Spirit itself um, is meant to be both a container term and a placeholder term. So that means that this is a term that is newer to the English language, um, and it was introduced to us through ceremony um, as a way of allowing people who are disconnected from their traditional roots, their traditional languages, um, to be able to reconnect to a term that would help them identify themselves as a gender or sexually diverse Indigenous person. So the term itself uh, was brought to us uh, from a two-spirit elder named Myra Laramie, um, and she had a pipe vision ceremony in 1989 uh, where she was praying on um, how to continue the work that she was doing in the community uh, for Indigenous, queer, and trans folks um, to have better access to services um, and to better be united. Um, and there was a term historically that was used that was given to us by the settlers um, because when they arrived, uh, you know, in our lands, they didn't recognize diversity as being valid. And so the term that they had put on us for many years was Burdash. And this is not a term, this is now a slur towards our community. Please don't use this term to identify us. Um, and so the idea of Two-Spirit came from this need for a way of uniting ourselves uh, as we, we reconnect to our traditional values and, and languages. Um, so, so the so term more like an umbrella term. Uh, more like it's an umbrella term. Umbrella so, and, and container. container. Umbrella okay. and container. Yeah. Um, and the reason we say that is because um, you know it's it's a way for people to again umbrella unite yourselves right mm -hmm. underneath this term um, that really does acknowledge that we have a bit of a different, um, we walk in a bit of a different world than non-Indigenous LGBTQ community members, right? And so um, the container term itself is, is really there for us to 
yeah, unite and 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 reconnect and learn. And so the term itself, it comes from Anishinaabe Moen, um, and the word itself is Anishmani uh, Doag, and that term literally translates into the into two spirit. And so Myra then took this term to the Native American Gay and Lesbian Conference in 1990, um, and where many of our um, community members that were doing a lot of this early work, a lot of our pioneers, to be honest, um, people that I look up to in my work now as a two spirit person, you know, this work was happening back in 1990. I was three years old and conversations were happening that were going to benefit me later in life, which I just think is really beautiful. Um, so they came together at this conference and and, um, you know, had a conversation around that complexity of being Indigenous and queer or trans or intersex um, and why we needed something to kind of separate ourselves out. And it's not that we want to be like distinguished from the LGBTQ community. It's just that not all Indigenous people fall underneath that umbrella of being LGBTQ, right? So for some people, um, it's a lot more complex and hard to describe. When we're talking about what it means to be two-spirit, it's really difficult to define that. So even in your introduction, you were talking about how, you know, um, it, it, it embodies the male and the female and how revered we are in our communities. Um, unfortunately, I, I have to correct that that's actually not true for many folks. With like colonization came the residential school system. And it was through the residential school system in particular that gendered spaces began to become really ingrained in our society. So the idea of even male, female, boy, girl, masculine, feminine, it, that binary itself is also very colonial. So in my culture, we have multiple genders. We have eight genders. I'm not going to get into those teachings today. This is not the appropriate space for that. But just acknowledging that even in my culture, we have eight genders, right? So that's even beyond male, female. It, it transcends that. And when we think about the folks that went through the residential school system, a lot of those people endured abuses that we can't even begin to fathom. But they also were like uh, embedded or ingrained, had, had ingrained into them certain concepts that were foreign to our communities, and these being homophobia and transphobia. The idea that there's shame in being sexually or gender diverse, and that you should um, internalize that shame, that you don't belong in your community. And so it's unfortunate, but um, many of the survivors that came out of the school system have held on to these beliefs, and those beliefs then get passed down into our communities. So lateral violence um, in regards to uh, two-spirit people is often still commonplace in our Indigenous communities. And our work at Edmonton Two-Spirit Society is really, to, is really um, working to kind of reduce the stigma and the shame within our own communities uh, and to welcome us back into ceremonial spaces in particular, because for somebody like myself, I find it really hard to attend a ceremony as a non-binary trans Two-Spirit person, right? And some of those are colonial terms that I use, but um, mm -hmm. yeah. But so they're identifiers for people, right? <laughs> they're, those terms yeah. are, they're not maybe the right terms you want used, but for current purposes they're what people know and we have to start somewhere with common language in order to get common understanding right so yeah if i say well you're not going to understand what that means or the the cultural complexity of what it means for me to be neither man or woman but all of the genders in one i try to tell somebody right. that and they it, it that it doesn't compute so for me it's easier to say well i'm non-binary so is that the phrase? Ayokweo is like one of our genders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and that's specific to Cree people. So like I say, we're not a monolithic group. And that stands mm -hmm. for all Indigenous people. Indigenous people are not a monolith. We are not, um, we don't all carry the same teachings or beliefs or values. And so what it means to be Two-Spirit to me as a Cree person might be completely different to somebody who's Anishinaabe or 
you know, Navajo or Dene, mm -hmm. uh, all of these different communities and cultures have different teachings. And so it's important that we try to really avoid painting all two-spirit people with one paintbrush, even though we are uh, often carry a lot of similarities in, in the way we navigate the world and, and in the, the marginalization that we face as two-spirit people too, both in and out of Indigenous spaces. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of growth that's been happening. And so even just having the term two-spirit as something that we can unite ourselves, we're seeing more and more gatherings that are allowing two-spirit people to come together and start to have these conversations and organizations like E2S who are there to work with Indigenous communities to welcome us back into spaces and to help the elders and the other community members who may carry, you know, less favorable beliefs around who we are as humans uh, to, to work with them and, and to learn and grow with them and alongside them because, um, you know, that's really at the end of the day, we just want equity in our communities. Uh, and unfortunately, it, it's not always that way. So we see many two-spirit people having to leave their home communities to find uh, a space somewhere, usually off-reserve, um, you know, in urban Indigenous folks like myself maybe clinging to more like settler queer spaces because there's not a lot of representation for two-spirit people out there. So more and more, we're seeing more, more spaces by us for us, which is great. Yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or if I went on a bit of a... Well, no, it's really helpful. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's clearly demonstrating the complexities of the of this conversation, and and my whole purpose of having you on the podcast is to help give us some understanding and clarity and terminology and language, and you know, yeah. just sharing how it's different for each you know indigenous community is an important differentiation for people to understand. But but yeah. what Ben begs the question is, well, how do we know, and how do we not like people don't want to offend anyone they don't want to you know cause any upset in any sh shape or form so how do we how do we navigate how do you recommend we navigate when we're frankly ignorant of knowing how to yeah. engage be comfortable with being uncomfortable like the first step to learning and growing and this goes for every single human being on earth myself included i'm also going through a learning process and so i think it's really important that we acknowledge that language is constantly in flux that culture is also a process and that we're learning and growing so even myself as a trans person who uses they them pronouns i sometimes misgender myself it's like that <laughs> seems really silly but it happens mm -hmm. so it's okay if we make mistakes i think as soon as you start to get too focused on that word offend there's a shift that happens for some people they start to get really like i don't know obsessive about offending people and like i think if we can recognize that as marginalized folks we're sometimes going to encounter um people who maybe use language that is outdated or you know somebody who maybe doesn't understand us and and may say it says the wrong thing we kind of expect that at least i do i can't speak for all gender diverse indigenous people but i kind of expect that i'm gonna face a little bit of something when i go out into the world right when i enter into a space it's like can i be indigenous today or do i get to be indigenous and queer oh wow that's a good day if i can go into a space and acknowledge both of those identities that i carry but some spaces it's not space safe for me to be indigenous or it's not safe me to being two-spirit and so I kind of need to pick and choose which parts of my identity I'm, I'm carrying with me that day and that in and of itself is really hard to balance so when you have somebody being like oh I'm I'm so sorry I just oh I use the wrong pronouns oh I why can't I get this right and all of a sudden now I'm having to do emotional labor for that person who messed mm -hmm. up right mm -hmm. so if you get corrected just take the correction and just move on it's really helpful to practice like outside if you're learning someone's pronouns and this goes for any any gender diverse or sexually diverse person just like practicing staying stuff outside of being in that space with them so that when you're with them you're using the right pronouns or when you're around them I think you're using the right pronouns right but pronouns aren't like the be-all end-all and I think people really get stuck up on that 
You're not going to know what someone's pronouns are unless you ask. Um, and someone's pronouns might change, right? So we just can't make assumptions about who people are. But I think go easy on yourself. If you're a learner and some of this feels kind of hard to you, the best thing you can do is acknowledge that you're actually going through that process of learning and that that's a good thing and that it's okay that it doesn't always make sense. And it's okay that sometimes you make mistakes, but if you're willing to make adjustments and correct your language and, and sit in spaces where you can learn and grow from other individuals, I think that shows like great strength and humanity towards and humility. People. And, and humility, humility exactly right, right? that's a, something a to take from of... yeah this conversation is that two-spirit people are rich in their diversity you could say complexity but it allows mm-hmm. us uh, outside of that community to enter into that with humility and patience and learning right to yeah to um accept people for just being a human being essentially is that what it comes down to and i've actually had these conversations before with other folks on the show that really signal that people just want to be themselves, right? And they just want to be, like you say, treated with equality um, so that they're not judged, they're not marginalized, they're not mistreated, and re- they're respected, mm-hmm. right? And equity as well. I think that's a, a, an also an important part of the conversation. We talk about equality a lot, but equality isn't balanced for everybody, right? And so when we're taking an equitable approach to our services, our programs, right. the way we engage Giving with measures other people. Accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it's a little more um, uh, like just, just uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just, it's just a fairer reality for everybody, right? Yeah. What equity measures do you feel are needed for two-spirit people? So the big thing I would say right now is, is the way that we access ceremony is, is not equitable for us. Um, at least in my personal experience, uh, a lot of ceremonial spaces are geared towards specific genders or they only acknowledge certain genders. So as a two-spirit person, I don't know where I'm safe to sit. I don't know what's safe to wear. I don't know if the elders safe to ask those questions, right? So that's a big one for me. And, and, and the work that we're doing at E2S is, is trying to find um, ways to access ceremonial spaces that are safe for okay. us to, to, to be, to be in. Okay. Um, and, and, and I think too, we're starting to see a little bit more of it with, you know, some of the federal funding that's out there now, but more opportunities and more um, visibility for us to see ourselves in media, to see ourselves mm-hmm. um, in positions of power, to see ourselves um, at the table, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how do we, how do we address that stuff uh, when it's so ingrained in society that mm-hmm. you're not only queer and trans, or you're not only gender, sexually diverse, however you identify, but you're also indigenous. Right. Um, so there, there's just, there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah. And so recognizing that we're drilling into the forest sector in particular, okay. Yes. And we're talking about people who are listening to this podcast that are in office building scenarios or working in communities where forest practices take place. Um, what do you advise them in terms of ensuring that two-spirit people feel welcome in their workplace? Yeah, my biggest thing that I always say to folks is I would do almost like a a checklist of why you're inviting us. Mm -hmm. Do you want to meaningfully work with us or are you literally just checking a box? I need to sit with two spirit people because the diversity and inclusion group 
at my re- like my resource group says that I have to do that. And so we're just going to check that box because the boss says that's not meaningfully engaging with us. Right. If you want to really work with our communities, then you really need to sit with us. You need to understand what protocol is. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're going to be inviting us into your communities or you're going to be asking us to do emotional labor, you need to be giving us tobacco with the understanding that tobacco is the bare minimum protocol. Right. Um, and I think that's often gets missed. We're still indigenous at the end of the day and our protocol might look a little differently. But if you start with tobacco and work your way up, then you can know how to work with that person or how okay. to work with that community, right? So community okay. consultations are also really important. Okay. Um, why is it that you're wanting to work with that community and what can you offer that community in return? And so then you're not just taking from them, mm-hmm. right? Like, And I think that's really important within an educational context, like if you're trying to learn, but even still, if you have, um, you know, opportunity to hire folks. What does your hiring process look like? Is it alienating for Indigenous people? Or would I see myself on your form or am I going to have to misgender myself? Or do I have to other myself on your form? Are my pronouns going to be respected when I'm at the office? Is my indigeneity, am I going to have time off for ceremony? Uh, right? Like these are, these are all these kind of questions that um, I think organizations, companies can kind of take into consideration when wanting to a, hire Indigenous people or, or work with us in one capacity or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there's lots of really cool uh, Two-Spirit land defenders that are doing like frontline land defense work, primarily at the Ferry Creek blockade. Um, that's like led by Two-Spirit people from my understanding. So, um, you know, there's a lot of land defenders out there that may have a different perspective than I do. And I honor those different perspectives as well. So um, I honestly admittedly don't know much about the forestry industry and, and how you engage with indigenous communities. So I, I, I'm also a learner in that sense. So maybe some of what I'm saying doesn't make sense and that's okay. Um, but I think it's the, the fact that the conversation is happening is, is really good. And um, mm-hmm. the fact that people want to listen is really good. So if you're listening, thank you. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, because that, that raises a question as well. I'm just trying to understand how to navigate like if we want to learn um and we want to be engaging right where are the places to do so yeah i would reach out to two-spirit organizations in your community i'm guessing you have people all across canada listening to the podcast right now Mm -hmm. um so i would recommend just um reaching out to different groups in your own community uh, or whatever nearest to your community is and seeing if they have events that are open for non-indigenous people or seeing if there's a way that you can volunteer your time so that you're getting to know these communities. One thing idea. I think it's really important to remember is that, at least for myself, there is an inherent lack of trust with some folks entering into our spaces because we have faced so much. There's so many people that feel entitled to Indigenous knowledge, that feel entitled to Indigenous culture to Indigenous spaces, and particularly to Two-Spirit spaces. These are our spaces, right? And so, like, especially if it's being held by us, E2S, if we have a community event, we will very clearly state whether or not it's an open or closed space. So if it's only for Two-Spirit people, we are very clear, like, please don't attend if you're not a Two-Spirit person. But otherwise, our events are open for everybody. If folks want to attend, you know, I would say reach out to organizations. If you see an event that you think might look neat, um, grab your tobacco and reach out to the people and say, hey, I'm curious about attending this. Is there space for me? How can I enter your space respectfully? 
can I volunteer my time? Can I donate Mm -hmm. some, some food, right? Mm -hmm. Like with the understanding that you might not be welcomed into that space and that's okay. There's also um, a few like two spirit podcasts. So maybe you could go listen to, to some of those and Mm -hmm. get some two spirit knowledge that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Or yeah, there, there's different events and stuff out there. It's just, yeah, it can, it can be tricky entering those spaces. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's really an interest in, in trying to learn and share, you know, perspectives so that we are able to, you know, operate better with each other, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. We've had a great conversation here today. I wonder if you also have any resources you can point folks to, to educate more on this topic and recognizing the nuances among different groups that you mentioned. And like, there's a lot here to uh, still unravel or unpack for people. So where do you recommend being a a source for helping people to, to start learning more about all of this? Yeah. So for some resources that I recommend, um, if you go onto YouTube, there is our video series, uh, Edmonton Two Spirit Society. We have um, three films on there. They're short um, with some of our elders and some of our community members um, talking about um, being Two Spirit from our own personal perspectives or from like our cultural perspectives. So those are on YouTube as it's called the Two Spirit Knowing video series. There's also um, a really amazing individual. His name is Harlan Pruden. He also has a bunch of different videos on YouTube. Um, and he talks about being Two-Spirit from more of an academic perspective. So he's done research around Indigenous languages around the world that acknowledge gender and sexual diversity. Um, so that that's also a really good resource to check out. Okay. Um, and then there are podcasts. So there's uh, Two-Spirit Tea um, and Two-Spirit Talks. So each of those are really good podcasts that you can check out. Two-Spirit Tea is with Sima Down and Alabamaru. Uh, and just really great conversations about all different stuff. I can also give you a PDF document that has a list of resources that you can just click. And so there's like some books in there. There's um, a list of other two-spirit organizations across Canada and also some in the States as well. Um, and so those are really good organizations that people can reach out to if they have specific questions for different regions. Again, acknowledging that we all mm-hmm. are very different uh, yeah. as much as we are similar. Yeah. Totally excellent. So we'll we'll make sure those are available for the listeners. Uh, that's really helpful. Yeah, really helpful. And do you ever do any speaking engagements? Like if people were interested in having you come and help um, them understand things better, do you offer yeah. that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So folks can reach out to me through our website, e2s.ca. Community liaison at Edmonton2s is my email. um, And that's all on the website as well. Um, So folks can definitely reach out to me. I offer workshops, presentations, sessions that are fully customizable to your group, uh, whether that be to individuals or, um, you know, businesses, corporations, nonprofits. Um, E2s has been going through a bit of a transition over the last few months. So Hopefully we'll have a community educator who that will be their designated role. But for now it is me. Um, And so folks are interested. uh, We offer our resources on a sliding scale basis as well. So depending on what folks budgets are and how many people they have attending, we're we're willing to work with people because we want to ensure that that information is, is out into community. That's wonderful. I think what you are doing is extremely helpful to people. And I want to thank you for being on the podcast today. Before we we wrap it up, do you have a key message that you'd like to leave our listeners with about Two-Spirit People? If there's one thing yeah. you could leave with them, what would it be? 
My biggest thing is just that we are human beings at the end of the day. And so just to ensure that you're walking with kindness, and that's not just for two-spirit people, that's for every person that you meet, you know, kindness and compassion at the forefront of our pre-teachings. And so just making sure that you're walking in a good way, no matter what space you're entering in. And when we're working with two-spirit people, just recognizing that, you know, we are at the end of the day, still human beings mm-hmm. and that our indigeneity is, is still there. Even if mm-hmm. we're queer or trans, we're still mm-hmm. indigenous enough and we still, we still matter. We're still important. Absolutely. And if you're two-spirit and you're listening to this, or if you're indigenous and you're not certain, I love you and um, reach out. That's what we're here for. Wonderful. What a great note to leave us on. So thank you again, Cheyenne, for your time and all of the uh, resources and insights that you've shared with us today. I know I've learned a lot and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm grateful to you all, you know, for taking the time to have these conversations. And even though like we might not know everything and that's okay, we're all still learners and it's just important that we're having the conversation, right? So Okay. Thank you. Gender, diversity, and inclusion are crucial to the advancement of a thriving and resilient forest sector. As we continue to grow and change, we all have a role to play in making our sector a place where everyone has the support they need to succeed and thrive. For more information on how you can take action and help make a difference, follow Free to Grow in Forestry on social media or visit us at www.freetogrowinforestry.ca. And if you have a story you think should be heard about an experience you have had or what you would like to see happen in the Canadian forest sector workforce, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at info at freetogrowinforestry.ca. Together, we can move forestry forward.